You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to the Dr. Ward Bond Show and my podcast, Life-Changing Wellness. Today's episode is brought to you by PrimroseLeaf.com, multi-use nutritional supplements for your immune system and overall good health, youth, beauty, longevity, PrimroseLeaf.com. Now, before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today, rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. My guest today is Dr. Steven Sinatra. He is one of the most highly respected and sought-after cardiologists whose integrative approach to Treating cardiovascular disease has revitalized patients with even the most advanced forms of illness. Previous to working with Healthy Directions, he has more than 40 years of clinical practice, research, and study by starting his career as an attending physician at Manchester Memorial Hospital in Connecticut, where he then went on to serve as Chief of Cardiology and Director of Medical Education and other esteemed positions. Dr. Sinatra is also founder of the New England Heart Center, where he became known as one of America's top integrative cardiologists by combining conventional medical treatments for heart disease with complementary nutrition, anti-aging, and psychological therapies. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome back our esteemed guest today, Dr. Stephen Sinatra. Welcome back, sir. Uh, it's good to be here, and thanks for that really nice introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're very, very welcome. And I know that the last time that you and I uh, got together, we had an amazing discussion that heartbreak is real. And I must say, it was a very, very popular episode. And I believe that so many of my listeners learned a lot with the correlation between heartbreak and cardiovascular health. And uh, you did a wonderful job. Well, thank you. Thank you. In fact, you know, it was so powerful. That's why I wrote that book, Heartbreak and Heart Disease, because... As a heart specialist, I saw the correlation over and over again. So uh, if we can help some of your listeners, that's wonderful, wonderful. Well, and for those of you who are watching right now, if you're wondering about uh, the episode of Heartbreak is Real, just go over to my podcast, Life Changing Wellness, and it'll be right there ready for you to listen to. And let me tell you something, the information that Dr. Steven Sinatra has brought forth in the areas of heartbreak is real and the correlations to cardiovascular health is nothing short of phenomenal. So you will learn a lot and probably bring you a lot of peace uh, at the same time. Well, Dr. Sinatra, I understand that we're gonna talk about allergies today and what is actually the real connection between allergies and heart disease? Well, it's sort of simple in a way because allergies are really um, a source of inflammation in the body. In other words, we get we get runny nose. Sometimes we get cough. Um, you know, sometimes uh, we, we just can't sleep because you know our immune system gets on wide alert. Now, what happens? It's an inflammatory response, and we know that inflammation is the root cause of heart disease. In other words, it's not cholesterol like we thought about you know decades ago. It's inflammation. So the way allergies work, it sets up an inflammatory response. Now, if this is chronic year after year, and if it gets worse and worse and worse, and if it gets severe, then the immune system gets on hyper alert, the inflammatory media is come into play, and it's a whole cascade of events that eventually can lead to inflammation of the smaller blood vessels 
in your brain and your heart and the rest of your body. Well, what are some of the common causes of allergies today? Well, for me, and the reason why I'm speaking from Florida now and not from my, you know, state of Connecticut, is that I lived in the Connecticut Valley and uh, uh, the pollen used to swirl around for like April, May, even into June. And uh, I'll tell you what, I saw doctors because I developed extrinsic asthma. I had asthma in my 40s. I said I could not. I, I mean, I never had asthma as a kid, but when I researched the literature, I realized I had the extrinsic varietal and it was due to pollen because pollen sets up the inflammatory response. And I was on drugs. I was on steroids. I was on antihistamines. I mean, antibiotics. And I said, wait a minute, wait, there's got to be a better way. I saw allergy doctors. I tried to get desensitized. I did everything. You know what worked? I moved out of the state. During the, during the allergy, during the pollen season. Now look, you know, I have that luxury, so to speak. A lot of people can't, but you know, even staying indoors has an advantage over going outside. Once people go outside with a lot of pollen, who are sensitive, they get this overwhelming inflammatory response and it sets up so many cascades of reactions that a lot of these poor people feel miserable. And, I, and again, I was there, I, I felt it. Well, even my, my mother, she had, uh, she'd always lived in Texas, thought there was a great idea to move to, to northern Georgia, and literally during pollen season, the whole place is just painted yellow, and she had to do the same thing you did, move out of the state. So she came back to Texas just to get away from the heavy pollen, because Georgia's very heavy in pollen compared to Texas, and here... Uh, you know, right when spring starts, everything turns yellow, and then we get that last burst when all the pecan trees right. start to uh, bud and bloom, and it just turns yellow again. But let me ask you this, because you brought up something very important that millions of Americans right now deal with, and that is they use so many over-the-counter allergy medications uh, to ward off the allergy symptoms. It doesn't cure allergies. It's basically just fighting the symptoms. Are these things actually useful? Yeah, I mean, listen, when people are miserable uh, with, you know, runny eyes, they can't sleep at night, itchy eyes, uh, if they want to use somebody's antihistamines, that's fine, that's fine. Now, a guy in your age group, you're gonna have no problem with antihistamines, but me, uh, you know, if, if, if I started to take these, some of these antihistamines because of my aging prostate, for example, I mean, I could, develop acute urinary retention. I mean, I've seen it happen. You know, when I was a doctor in my 40s and 50s and I was treating guys in their 70s, you know, now I'm in my early 70s and now, you know, I can't take antihistamines. I just can't do it. And, and to anybody listening to this broadcast, if you are a male and you are suffering from allergies, use these allergy meds with extreme caution. Because again, acute urinary retention in the male is a medical emergency. I've seen it, unfortunately, more than a half a dozen times, and it's frightful. It really is. Well, you know, that explains as you read the packages of these over-the-counter allergy medications that it, they do list that if you have BPH or an enlarged yep. prostate, you need to be aware of that. Now, that's something that I just learned from you, that it actually causes urinary retention. Yes. I was kind of wondering if it was if it was causing a much, uh, maybe more of an enlargement of the prostate. 
No, I don't think it enlarges the prostate. I think it, it, it just has an impact on, on, on basically the flow of urine through an enlarged prostate. Because uh, a lot of men my age, uh, we take alpha blockers and we take estrogen inhibitors. It's all the, I mean, I, I take alternatives. There's so many things you can do, but like, um, I mean, you don't want to get into that trouble. If you're a female, uh, I don't see any contraindications. I really don't. Well, then let me ask you this, because I know with antihistamines and in the natural world, we have things like nettle leaf. We have uh, quercetin. Oh, Those are very are. common. I this. I, I, this is what I use. Yeah. Well, I use both of those because both of them actually have a great affinity to prostate health in men. Exactly. So to me, even though they're antihistamines in a very minor way, they benefit our prostate. So in a way, we get the benefits of both worlds when we use things like nettle or quercetin. Oh yeah, both both very, very good. Uh, especially now, quercetin is one of my top, you know, go-to nutrients in the COVID-19 era. And, and basically, uh, I, I love it. I've been taking quercetin for decades. It does so yeah. many things right. And by the way, one of the, one of the reasons why I got into quercetin at such an early age when I was in my mid to late 30s, I came across the Zuplin elderly study. Have you ever heard of this study in Holland? No. It was an amazing study. <laughs> they looked at aging Dutchmen. These guys are in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. And they followed these men for decades. And the end point of the study was death. They didn't care if he died of a heart attack, a stroke, or cancer. They didn't look at that. They just wanted to see how many years you live. And this was a correlation. The more quercetin you had in your bloodstream, in other words, if you were eating onions, onions are a great source of quercetin. The more quercetin you have in the bloodstream, the longer you live. And they drew blood levels of quercetin. Now, where do you get quercetin from? Well, onions is number one. Number two is black tea. Green apples are number three. So they looked at the diet of these Dutchmen, and they based longevity on quercetin. Now let's go back or ahead 50 years now. Now we're living in the COVID-19 era. Quercetin is one of the best, you know, bioflavonoids you can use to combat respiratory illness in the lung as well. So quercetin has always been a go-to nutrient for me. And now it's even more go-to because, uh, 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 again, it's not only, you know, COVID-19, there's so many more, you know, viral-like syndromes we're going to be seeing over the next few years that quercetin is a must to put in your medical cabinet right now. And it's wow. inexpensive. That's what I like about it. Oh, oh, it's, it's inexpensive. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of glad you got excited about it because I'm like you. I have been using quercetin for years. And I don't take anything less than 500 milligrams a day. And there are days where I'll take 1,000. There have been yeah. days I took 2,000. And it was kind of funny because many years ago, many years ago, I ended up with a prostate infection. The doctors, you know, the antibiotics can't reach the prostate right. effectively. So I'm like, okay, what can I do? So I, I did the research. I, I kind of like do research like you. And I thought, oh, quercetin. And I loaded up on it and it knocked it out. It took the discomfort and the pain away, and I have been a a loyal quercetin user 
ever since. So I've probably been taking Corsair for over 20 years now. I love it. Yeah, and again, if, you, if you're a tea drinker or a coffee drinker, I alternate. Uh, I, I do coffee and now I do black tea and, and, and green teas. I love green teas. Uh, and, you know, a green tea has a lot of anti-inflammatory stuff in it as well. So, um, you know, th this is really important because certain foods are really good for an aging male, especially like myself. Well, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't get that kind of information anywhere else. And you've heard it from the doctor himself. Well, Dr. Sinatra, what is the best diet for someone who is struggling with chronic allergies? What, what foods will help them? Well, first of all, what I learned, again, I, I had the affliction myself and being a doctor and, you know, I wasn't a respiratory specialist, but I was close to it as a heart specialist. Um, I found that the, the more gluten I took, even though gluten wasn't popular years ago, but I realized that if I was taking a lot of wheat, a lot of flour, that's tend to flare things up. Sugar was the other thing. Sugar flared things up. So I, you know, I gave up sugar, um, uh, and I, and, and I tried to, you know, massage my diet because I realized that certain foods were sort of triggers. And uh, you know, it's all by trial and accident. But if people realize that they're eating a lot of bread or a lot of semolina pasta or like you know white noodles, stuff like that, or potatoes. You know, if, they, if they're eating a lot of carbohydrates and, and a lot of sugars and they realize, geez, I'm feeling worse, I'm not feeling better, you know, they may get the connection and modify their diet. I always found that fresh fruits and vegetables was, was the best thing to do. Uh, and uh, overload on garlic and onions and, and kale, you know, you know, bring in nitric oxide to the table. Uh, you know, if you wanted protein, migratory, smaller salmon sardines were good you know things like this you know smaller fish in the atlantic are good you know i always worry about mercury contamination or, or pollutants that way i even had people uh tell me that on seaweeds you know on on certain seaweeds off the main coast or even the seaweeds you know off the coast of korea but you could buy these in health food stores you know people told me the seaweeds improved on allergies and, and it made sense as well so there's a lot of tools we can use in our chest you just got to be smart you got to look at these things and the most important thing I would tell you, listen this, Ward, if they have a meal and all of a sudden, a few hours later or the next day, they feel miserable, they got to think in their head, perhaps it was something I ate that triggered my pollen allergy even more. That's what happens. Because here's the one thing. When people develop allergies, it's like a horse's tail. You ever see a horse's tail where it has all these like hairs in it? Well, the more, the more allergic you get, the worse you get. But the problem is you get more allergic to other things later on, like a horse's tail. So once allergy afflicts you, it can go on and get worse and worse over time. So you have to figure out by trial and accident that certain foods can trigger allergies. We talked about pollen, of course, that can trigger allergies. Heavy metals can trigger allergies. There's a lot of things that trigger it. And, and again, since I was so allergic myself, I feel like I'm sort of a, a mini expert on it. <laughs> well, you know, you bring up foods and I think with foods themselves, a lot of people need to realize that if they eat something and they have an allergic reaction, they need to not necessarily blame the actual food. It could actually be an ingredient in which they use in that food. So like you said, it's trial and error trying to find out exactly what the offending property is so you may not have to throw out the chicken, 
you may have to throw out one of the spices that could be triggering an allergic reaction. Correct. Well said. Well, then let me ask you this, because you and I really got excited about talking about quercetin. What are your top four herbs and supplements for allergies and as well as heart health? Well, I love vitamin D. I mean, it, I, this is an inexpensive supplement. I, I love it. Um, you know, where I live in Florida right now, because we walk out into the sun and stuff like that, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of vitamin D from the sun. And, and remember, it's the cholesterol in your skin that, you know, with combined with the sunlight, activates vitamin D3. And this is the, a great immune-supporting nutrient. In fact, with COVID-19, you can take this one to the bank. The higher your vitamin D levels, like I talked about quercetin levels and the aging men, but the higher your vitamin D levels in your serum, the more combativeability you have against COVID-19. In other words, I've seen studies to show that if people had blood levels of 30 to 35, which is sort of a, a, a good range, um, they didn't get complications with COVID. But if the blood levels were down to 10 to 15, like a lot of people north of Atlanta, we talked about Atlanta, a lot of people north of Atlanta have these blood levels because they don't get the sunlight. Uh, these people had more complications with COVID-19. So, and you know, vitamin D is great stuff for the heart. I mean, I have to tell you, I, this, this is one supplement that I take daily. I take at least two to 5,000 units a day I check my blood level at least once a year because I, I, my blood level is around 60, and that's where I, I like it. I like it twice over 30. Um, you don't want blood levels over 100. Uh, you know, that can be into the toxic range, but it's a simple blood test. You can ask your doctor, Lord. It's so simple, and it's inexpensive. Yeah, it is very inexpensive, and not only that, uh, you know, you bring up a great point about where we live. You know, you're in Florida. I'm in Texas. Uh, we don't see the great COVID numbers in the South as we do in the North. And I think there's a, there's a very strong correlation with the amount of vitamin D that a person actually has in their body. And, you know, here I spend so much time outside. I mean, my average outdoor time is probably an hour a day. Great. And I, and I hope when you're outside, you're working a little barefoot too, because grounding I don't know if we've, we've ever done a show on that, but I'm, I'm writing another book, you know, Get, get Grounded, Get Well. That's the title of it. And uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, in 50 years, uh, Ward, I'm not, next coming May, I, you know, May of, 19, of 2020, I guess 2022, it's going to be my 50th year of graduating medical school. And I'll tell you my two greatest discoveries. And I've written dozens and dozens of papers and I've written over 20 books. It's CoQ10 and grounding. They're both electron donors. They're both phenomenal anti-aging, you know, constituents, so to speak. But um, try to walk barefoot, get your vitamin D at the same time. And, uh, you know, those, these are God's simple cures, so to speak, to, uh, you know, really invigorate the body. And there is. And, you know, uh, I have read about grounding. Uh, I like to go outside in the backyard barefoot. A good 15, 30 minutes a day is oh, fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I even saw a study about grounding that if people would do this every single day, that a lot of people will find that even the pain that they experience in their body, many people were showing as much as an 80% reduction in pain just by going outside and getting grounded by going barefoot 
And ladies and gentlemen, this means standing in the grass, not on concrete, okay, uh, not on wood or material, asphalt, directly to the ground. No asphalt. That's it. Asphalt, you know, because that's that's man, that's sort of synthetic. But mm -hmm. concrete, concrete, like concrete sidewalks, you're grounded. You're grounded. Oh, that. Oh, so it's so it's concrete's okay, but asphalt is a no-no. Right, asphalt's a no-no. All right. All right, well, I'm glad I got clarification about that because I was reading some things and I'm just trying to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. But I know one thing, when my feet touch the grass, I know I'm doing something great for my body. You well, are. Let me ask you. You're healing your body <laughs> and you're attenuating the autonomic nervous system. Remember, you said it. When people are in pain, the autonomic nervous system, the fight-flight response goes up, it soars. The minute you ground, you're balancing the autonomic nervous system downward and you're bringing up the parasympathetic upward. So that's why you're seeing a lot of pain relief. It has to do with autonomic discharge, which is attenuated by earthing. Yeah, and I also think too that by just standing in on the grass, uh, you know, for a few minutes every day, I think that also helps to improve our overall immune system as well, which is even more important today than ever before. Right, and you know what? I don't know, I'm wearing these now, but the shoes I wear, these are like little loafers, you know? I mean, I don't know if we're gonna talk on the grounding, but see, I, if you see this sole, you know, this this is graphite. This is all leather. This is like a moccasin, so to speak. Like what the Indians wore, you know, in Texas and in the plains and stuff like that. And when you're grounded, even when you go outside and you're working on concrete or grass or, or whatever, or brick, brick will ground people as well. You're taking in that Schumann energy, that 7.83 hertz, that it's like a it's like the humming of the earth. When you take in that energy, oh my God, great things, including thinning of the blood. I mean, we, we wrote that paper years ago. Your blood thins when you ground. And one of the reasons why we're seeing all these COVID-19 complications. Oh, by the way, there was a doctor in Iran who were taking COVID-19 patients who needed ventilators. He put patches on their lungs and guess what? They oxygenated. And the reason being because grounding thins the blood. With COVID-19, we get enormous clotting of blood. So, um, you know, when I wrote that paper 10 years ago, I thought it was the greatest paper I ever wrote in my lifetime. I mean, I've written dozens and dozens of peer-reviewed papers. War, I couldn't get that published in an international cardiovascular journal or even an American journal. I was going crazy. Yeah, the research I, I could imagine. Was a <laughs> well, you, well. I don't want to get too deep into the cold COVID situation, but you and I know that, uh, let's just say, everything that goes through the media is not exactly kosher right now exactly. when it comes to that subject. And you bring forth truth, and of course, people would like to hide that. So, ladies and gentlemen, you are getting information today that you have never heard in the last 14 months that will not only save your life now, it could have saved lives last year if that information was out there and available and everybody jumped on the bandwagon and really promoted it. So we know vitamin D3 is vital. Grounding is vital. And you know what, Dr. Sinatra, I'm going to have you back again so we can talk about grounding because I want to know more about what your research is showing you because there's just so much more to it. But I know that we're talking about allergies today and I have so many viewers, so many listeners that deal with allergies. I want to ask you a question because I get this question all the time 
and I know you're the man to ask, are neti pots useful for allergies and how would you use them so that way they're effective for you? Great question. And the neti pot is easy. I mean, you know, it, re it requires, you know, getting a small pot, you, you, you insert the uh, spout into your nose, you, you, you tilt your head to one side. In other words, you're flushing your nasal, you know, pharynx. Other people will get, will take a hot shower before bedtime or in the morning because pollen gets on their hair, they, they, they it's on their skin, then it gets into the pillow at night. But when people take a hot shower and they're breathing in the steam, uh, uh, that too can act like a, a, a little neti pot. The other thing that I do, uh, and uh, you know, and actually it, it, it's sort of a COVID-19 remedy as well. I mean, you know, if you, if you want, Lord, we can talk a little bit crazy, but I don't think it's crazy. But, you know, when I make tea or coffee in the morning, um, you know, I, I use a, a, a pot where it steams through the top. And then I'll open up the top and I'll put my nose over it and I'll breathe in steam. So when you breathe in steam for like a minute to two minutes, and suppose you were, you were exposed to COVID-19. Let's, so let's suppose you came across somebody who had the virus, who had a fever, who was coughing all over you and, you, and you said, oh no, I've, I've been exposed. Hey, kill it with steam. You can see the virus sits in your nasopharynx for a few days before it goes into the, it locks into the ACE2 receptor in the lung. So when it's, if it's in your nose, hey, steam or a neti pot with, with saline in it or something like that, you know, any of those varietals, especially hot steam, breathing it in will kill that virus. You know, that's funny that you bring that up. I had a colleague who, who had a article uh, published about nasal health related to COVID and it was published out into the mainstream media. The article lasted one day and it disappeared in 24 hours because if people knew to keep their nasal passages clean, even before they go get a COVID test done, that test should register negative because I know for a fact that the PCR test that people are using shows over a 90% false positive that people think they have COVID, but they don't because the test is total junk. But if you keep your nasal passages clean, basically on a daily basis, we would never, we would see COVID go away tomorrow. Oh yeah, no, I agree, I agree. And, and again, there's some of us that have, you know, broken noses and athletics and stuff like that. I mean, that was my issue years ago when I was in high school and college. But basically, um, you know, like I said before, when I'm in that hot shower or in the morning when I'm making tea, that steam is so critical because it makes you cough. All of a sudden you have a need to blow your nose and you're literally cleansing the nasal passage. And that's crucial in any viral pandemic. I don't care what the virus is because it sits there and it, and it recirculates through the body. And again, it locks into the receptors of the lung and et cetera, et cetera. It's a snowball going downhill. You can melt a snowball like that. <laughs> well, then let, me, then let me ask you this, doctor, because for a lot of people today, uh, with the whole confusion of the media, confusion of medical reports when it comes to COVID, 
it's very difficult for the layperson to know the difference or be able to tell the difference between COVID-19 and allergy symptoms. Oh, yeah. How do you decipher between the two? I, I think that one cutting symptom would be fever. Um, uh, you know, people that I've spoken to who have had COVID, and uh, I've treated, uh, you know, people, uh, lots of them by phone, and, you know, we, we've used all sorts of stuff for COVID. But like, uh, fever is, 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 is the one thing that is, is serious. Now, can people develop a very low-grade fever with allergies? Yeah, occasionally they do. Uh, they can. Uh, the loss of smell, the loss of taste, more, much more common with COVID. I mean, could it happen in somebody who's severely allergic? Possibly. In other words, but it's very transitory. You know what I mean? So um, I think fever, loss of smell, loss of taste, um, overwhelming dry cough. Uh, some people with allergies get a cough, but it's usually more of a productive cough. With COVID, it's more of a dry cough. So, you know, sometimes it's hard to distinguish. And I'll tell you this, Ward, the bookkeeper in my office in Connecticut, um, you know, she developed COVID and she thought it was allergies at first. That's what she thought at first. And she came into the office and exposed a couple of other people. So, so basically, um, it's just important for your listeners to try to distinguish between the two. Uh, but again, once you get a fever, I think you're in the infectious realm of a, of a viral syndrome. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that is information you can't find or hear anywhere else but on this program. And Dr. Sinatra, you are a wealth uh, of information. And I want to thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, let me ask you this about allergies. Would you recommend the therapy of acupuncture for allergies and how would it help? Well, when people get allergies, sometimes they're miserable. I mean, like myself was miserable. And acupuncture is a way of opening up channels in the body. In other words, facilitating energy in the body. body. Lots of times energy gets blocked. And sometimes acupuncture can, can really help because when you're driving energy through the meridians, you know, with, with needles and, and, you know, whether it's Japanese, whether it's Chinese, acupressure, you know, sometimes can work. When, whenever you're facilitating the energy, because whenever you have inflammation in the body, I don't care where it is, uh, lots of times inflammation blocks the meridian channels. And when that happens, then, you know, your lymphatics get blocked and, 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 and the whole system gets blocked. So for some people, you know, acupuncture is, is a very good thing and it works. I even tried in my, in my allergies when I was in Connecticut years ago, I tried everything. <laughs> everything <under the> <laughs> yeah. it's almost like you take yourself and you become a walking laboratory trying to find the answers and i think for a lot of us we need to be that way because sometimes you know just through trial and error we end up finding our own cures no we do we do and that's how it, what it did as a doctor well, you know, one of my favorite supplements for years is n-acetylcysteine because NAC we call it nac it's broken down to glutathione in the body. And glutathione peroxidase is the most important antioxidant in the body, but not only the cardiovascular system, but the immune system as well. So when NAC is broken down to glutathione, if we take vitamin C and selenium, now we have the raw materials to make, you know, this in, in, in incredible antioxidant glutathione peroxidase, you know, which is, again, we, we, we feed our body the raw materials, and another one I, I like, I've only been using it in the last few years, 
is Andrographis. Uh, you know, this is an area mm, that yes. I have some really good play. Um, I, I know, um, which country is it? Um, Thailand. Thailand is using Andrographis. You know, look it up online. Um, they use an andrographis in COVID-19. It makes sense. It's anti-inflammatory. It's antiviral. Uh, it does a lot of good things for the body. And uh, I'm experimenting with that one as well. I actually learned about yeah. andrographis from my colleagues. Yeah, andrographis, uh, from what I understand, the origin is actually uh, Malaysia. Yes. And that a lot of the studies were done in at the University of, of Chile, but, and you're right, Andrographis, what I love about that herb is that it's great for the immune system. It's great for people who have weak immunity and it, it acts as a modulator for those that have an overactive immune system. So if they're dealing with things such as rheumatoid arthritis, uh, fibromyalgia, anything that is uh, autoimmunity, Andrographis seems to have an action in which it can bring that overactivity down a bit and of course, I've seen anti-cancer properties with Andrographis as well. And uh, you're right, it's probably uh, a hidden gem when it comes to improving our immunity. Now, now Ward, have you used Andrographis on yourself? I mean, do you have an experience? Yes. And uh, okay, um, let me ask you this, because um, you know, I, I believe in synchronicity and, and sometimes it's how God works, you know what I mean? They give you oh yeah. Um, one of the women in my office uh, uh, had a, had a uh, vaccination and developed a horrific uh, reaction to it, uh, bleeding from the lung, in and out of the hospital, went back to the hospital again, short of breath. And it, it sounds like, um, you know, because she's had a history of sarcoidosis in the past and has sort of a hyperimmune system, when, when she got the vaccination, uh, you know, everything broke loose. And I'm wondering... What you said, because, you know, of your own experience with Andrographis, I've been taking it only for the last year, but I'm wondering, in somebody with a hyperimmune response, would Andrographis tend to put, you know, a blanket over it? It actually works to calm it down. Calm it down, that's what I mean. And I would suggest using the Andrographis. The thing is, is that a lot of people need to realize you know, and I, and I don't want to get into the political realm here, here, but when it came to the vaccines and we end up with four, maybe five different pharmaceutical companies creating a vaccine and none of them were synergistic. They were all, they're all over the place. And then you end up where you have to do so much research on every single one of them because some of them, you know, you should not be using if you do have an autoimmune condition, there are some that you don't use if you have asthma or you have allergies that are close to being uh, anaphylactic. You don't want you don't want that type of vaccine. So the the spectrum right now is all over the place. There are people I, I have people I have family members that took the vaccine route and the side effects were horrible. But when somebody shows autoimmunity, you know, like scarosis uh, here, um, I would look at Andrographis. I would even look at using something for that particular condition, like hyaluronic acid, right. because it draws moisture into the skin. Because with that with that type of condition, the tissues become very hardened, not just on the outside, but also on the inside. 
and to keep those things pliable and to keep moisture uh, retained within all the tissues, hyaluronic acid is one of those nutrients that I would highly suggest. And again, I would highly suggest using Androgravis for anyone with an autoimmune condition. Great. What a show. You, you taught me something, Lord. It's always good <laughs> to learn something from a fellow colleague, you know? Well, that, that's what we're both here for. We, we, we come together, we bring the information, and, you know, and tell you the truth, I know, I know your heart, I know mine, and we know who our creator is. And, you know, all, all things work together for good to those who are called uh, of the Lord. And we use that to bless everyone around us. So, Dr. Sinatra, you're like a cup that is full and overflowing. And that overflow is that information that is going to bless not only me that you blessed today, but you blessed all of my viewers and all of my listeners. And I want to thank you for that. Well, th thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for teaching me something about andrographis. I mean, I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. And Dr. Sinatra, where can all of my viewers and my listeners learn more about you? Well, drsinatra.com is my sort of my supplemental, you know, that's my vitamin and mineral nutritional website. I've, I've been with uh, Healthy Directions for over 25 years. Great company, great quality assurance. I mean, I can tell you this, Ward, when, when they make supplements, everything goes by me. Everything goes by me. In other words, you know, there's not an, if, if there's an ingredient that, that I don't want in there, it's, I, you got to take it out. I'll lobby for it. And... And I sleep good at night because our quality assurance program is, is outstanding. It's like 10 plus. I mean, it, it doesn't get better than that. So, so I just feel that I'm, I'm blessed working with a, a company and a great management team and, and the leadership as well. So it, it's been a good fit for me. Well, fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it from the doctor himself today. You have received so much vital information to improve your overall health. Also, Dr. Sinatra has given you things such as grounding or what we call earthing. So go outside in your bare feet today for 15 minutes to half an hour. You're going to notice the difference the first day you do something like that. I guarantee you're going to come back inside and you're going to feel relaxed. You're just going to feel refreshed just by doing something so simple. So God created this earth. So go outside. Enjoy it. You can draw from the ground. And you can draw from the sun because there's plenty of vitamin D3 to go around for all of us. And we all know that, that works for the immune system. So again, thank you, Dr. Sinatra, for the honor and the pleasure to uh, come back to the show and again, share your knowledge. Thank you. This is a really, really good interview. I hope we help a lot of people. Uh, we will. And I can't wait to have you back again. And ladies and gentlemen, remember to watch every episode of the Dr. Ward Bond Show, as well as catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness, my podcast on iTunes and Spotify and just about every streaming service on the planet. So if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds, rate the show on iTunes, and I want to thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life Changing Wellness on any streaming service. You can learn more about me, of course, right here at drwardbond.com, and again, Thank you for watching today's program and listening to the podcast. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.